Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. My guest today is Emily Rowe. She's the co-owner of Miami Beach Comprehensive Wellness. She's a physician and an acupuncturist. So we're going to talk about you know how she helps clients and uh, works with them and uses acupuncture and other modalities to help people heal. So Emily, thank you for coming. Oh, it's an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Richard. Yeah, no problem. Tell me a bit about your background. You know, we've interviewed your husband once before. We're going to have him again today. I just really like what he had to say. He suggested that I speak to you, that you have your own set of really great skills that are used to help people. So maybe a bit of background first, and then we'll talk about so your role on the practice today. Sure. So I uh, went to medical school um, at the University of Miami School of Medicine, and I graduated in 2004. And I actually met my husband um, dissecting a cadaver, of all things. And we met in medical school, and I ended up uh, studying internal medicine. I loved the cerebral aspect. You know, with internal medicine, somebody will come in with fatigue as their main symptom. And, you know, it could be a lot of things causing the fatigue. So you make this internal mental list of all these different things, and you go through through the checklist and come up with a differential diagnosis of what it could be. And these are great skills to have, and it was super interesting. But I found that a lot of the treatments that I was offering people had a lot of side effects. And I was quite sick myself. I caught tuberculosis from a patient my fourth year of med school, complicated antibiotic regimen. And next thing you know, I ended up with Crohn's. And I was going through residency, really struggling with autoimmune disease. And I went to an acupuncturist out of desperation. And the medication they offered me, and I had a lovely GI doc who was very concerned about me, would call me at nine o'clock at night. But his the main uh, treatment he offered me would have suppressed my immune system. And one of the side effects can be cancer. And since then, I've had cancer three times. So thank God I never took the medication. But I started going for acupuncture and it helped me a lot with my own health, I'm just immune modulation. So I actually was super frustrated with the conventional medicine system. And one day I signed seven death certificates in the ICU. So that next morning, I went downstairs to the hospital administration and I quit residency. I was like, I can't do this. And I was a little lost for a while, but I actually went to school for acupuncture at that point. And I graduated in 2009 with a master's in acupuncture and Chinese herb. And for years, I was just an acupuncturist and herbalist with an internal medicine focus. But my health kept deteriorating and getting worse, mostly because I had chronic Lyme disease, which I didn't realize. We didn't get enough education about it in medical school. And I found uh, functional medicine in 2017 and got certified in functional medicine and then later got trained in how to treat chronic Lyme and other chronic infections by a fantastic physician, Dr. Richard Horowitz, who's in Poughkeepsie, New York. And he was very generous with his knowledge. And then I learned about environmental toxicities like mold toxicities and heavy metals. And so, and mostly this journey was for my own health because I couldn't find a doctor to help me. And then my husband and I opened up our Comprehensive Wellness Center in 2017. 
And we focus a lot on complex chronic medical problems that have failed conventional medicine. Were you able to heal yourself before this or did you go into the practice still having issues? I'm still medically complicated and have a lot of health issues. So it's something that I'm constantly balancing. And, you know, once you've had autoimmune disease, they say it goes into remission rather than it's, you know, ever fully cured. And it's been an interesting process for sure. But, you know, the amazing thing is I function every day at work and I'm still able to, you know, see a, a ton of patients, have a heavy clinical, you know, practice and still work on my health myself. So it's quite a balance. But, you know, most people with all my medical issues are disabled. So this shows you how well it works. So it's complicated and it's chronic medical illness. What are the main complaints that people have when they come to see you? I know everyone's different, but are there clusters of things that you work on predominantly? So I treat a lot of gut health. I treat a lot of hormone imbalances. And that can be anything from, you know, a 60-year-old male with low testosterone to a young woman with polycystic ovarian disease trying to get pregnant to, you know, a woman who's having hot flashes from side effects from, uh, you know, post-breast cancer treatment. So I treat a ton of hormone imbalances. I treat a lot of chronic pain. We treat a ton of cognitive issues, anything from depression, anxiety, attention deficit disorder, memory issues, a variety of types. It could be, you know, mild memory issues where people are like, I'm just not as sharp as I used to be to people bringing in, you know, their father with full-blown dementia. So it's very interesting. It's never boring. Like you said, every patient's unique. But uh, those are those are the main things that I'm treating. But what are some of the interesting modalities you use? Like, you know, acupuncture, is that a regular use in your practice? And, you know, let's delve into that if so. How is it used? Yeah. So acupuncture is amazing. Acupuncture is a big part of my practice. So acupuncture is known by most people to treat pain, but it actually helps to regulate things in the body. It helps our body come into homeostasis. So it can help with blood sugar regulation, blood pressure regulation, immune modulation. It's amazing for gut health. And surprisingly, when you put needles in, you can actually develop an intense uh, deep state of relaxation. And when you go into these, you know, parasympathetic states, there's incredible healing potential internally that gets activated. I've sat and had acupuncture and it's like, you're not asleep, but you're not awake. You go into this like half asleep state. So you're kind of aware of it, kind of not. It's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. And you wouldn't think that you could induce a trance state with just needles, but you really can. And I think that, you know, just in our society, there's not a lot of deep relaxation and breathing room, you know, we're such a go, go, go society that allowing that space just for stillness and for relaxation activates the innate potential for healing within the body. I mean, you get a cut on your finger, a paper cut, and like your body starts healing itself. And two weeks later, you can't even find it. And this is something that's intrinsic within all of us. But, you know, I really think that there's certain dates that help activate that healing potential. So again, how does acupuncture do this? How does it help people besides pain management in your practice? Yeah. So basically a lot of what it does is it helps the body come into balance naturally. You know, the biological term is just homeostasis. All the acupuncture meridians run in fascia and fascia is very interesting because is made of collagen and collagen actually has a crystal type structure if you look at it biochemically. And it also has what's called a piezoelectric effect. 
And that that's a principle in physics that when you press on it with mechanical force, such as inserting an acupuncture needle, you actually release a flow of electron. And so it helps modulate the whole electromagnetic space of the body. Like we're actually physically electrical beings. I'm really not sure how it works. It's pretty magical. I'm in awe with it every day. And I have these people who come in and, you know, They've seen a variety of specialists and they're like, can you help me? And I'm always very honest. And I'm like, I'm not sure, but I will try my hardest. I will try my best to help you. And I'm often shocked by the results that I get with acupuncture, whether, you know, somebody who comes in with tennis elbow for eight years or somebody who's had chronic sciatic for 20 years, or, you know, I have a lot of professional athletes who get head injuries and whatnot. Um, So it's potential for healing is pretty just incredible. Well, again, so is it more physical sports injury ailments or what are some unusual ailments that acupuncture seems to lend itself to? So I do treat a lot of sports medicine and and just, you know, traumas as in like I fell down the stairs or I was in a car accident, but it can actually help with problems with gut motility. So like, let's say you have chronic constipation and the GI tract doesn't move the way it should. It can help. I had one patient And he had had five heart attacks and he had an internal defibrillator. And when he would go into an irregular heart rhythm, you know, this defibrillator would go off and reset his heart. And it's a big deal when that happens. You have to go into the ER and whatnot. And his defibrillator would go off about once every three to four weeks. And he started coming for acupuncture. And we just started doing points that I learned in school for cardiac arrhythmias and palpitations. And his defibrillator didn't go off for nine months. Now, maybe it was a coincidence, but it was, and I think it's based on that electrical potential shift that you have with it. I treat a lot of migraines, especially if they're migraines like associated with menstrual cycle that are hormonal because the acupuncture helps the hormones come into a natural balance. I'll treat a lot of adrenal exhaustion and chronic fatigue syndrome, that kind of stuff. Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from $10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now, back to the show. Okay. Any other modalities that uh, you work with a lot, you know, do unusual or maybe off-label type things? Yeah, so we do a variety of IV therapies in our clinic. So we do vitamin IVs for various things. My husband's more in charge of that thing. And then I'm also a Chinese herbalist. So I will prescribe herbs that will help medications work better. So a lot of times, for example, if somebody has chronic Lyme, if you, for example, give them doxycycline, which is an antibiotic that's used to treat intracellular parasites, a lot of times the Lyme will become resistant to antibiotic. But if you combine the conventional medicine Lyme treatment with herbs, there's you're breeding way less resistance. And the, the beauty of herbs, it's, 
it's not a single pharmacological product. It has multiple actions biochemically So, because it's not a pure substance, right? There's multiple chemicals within the herb that have biological actions. And so you don't developing the antimicrobial resistance like you get when you're just giving antibiotics. So, you know, a lot of times these patients will see my husband for the antibiotic and then I'll layer in the herbs. And instead of people needing, you know, months and months of antibiotics, they'll need a much shorter course. And it's just the healing gets accelerated. And it's very interesting because a lot of times people will come in with chronic parasites like amoebas, like Giardia, or, you know, and they'll have taken the conventional medicine treatment and seen some very good doctors and had the appropriate treatment, but the medications don't work. And often once you layer in herbs and supplements, all of a sudden the medications, the potential for the action just gets amplified. Are there conditions that uh, just don't seem to be responsive no matter what you do? I do have the client on same Oh, for sure. I have some patients where you know, I don't know how to help them and I will try my hardest. And then if, if we're not getting responses, you know, I the professional thing is always to refer and say, look, I don't know how to help you. Often I see that those patients have blockages to healing, often psychologically, often deep trauma from childhood. And often there's something where they have trouble with compliance with a, you know, regimen. So, you know, nobody gets 100% success rate. And in medicine, there's never any guarantees. And, you know, and I've had cancer patients who don't respond to treatments and stuff like that. And it's sad, but, and you try your hardest to help. And every time a treatment doesn't work, I stop and I think, okay, what could I have done differently? This is where it's super interesting and you improve your skills as a healthcare practitioner, because especially when you have somebody who comes in and they've seen 20 different doctors and tried all these different things and nothing's working, it's really, you get to use your creativity to think outside the box. Yeah. Do you know of anyone that's uh, developed a uh, antibiotic protocol? You know, meaning, um, you know, to protect your gut health and your overall health, you know, which probiotics to take, how to modify your diet, when to take them, et cetera, you know, so you get through a course of, you know, necessary antibiotics in the best shape you can without getting screwed up or having C. difficile or. Yeah. You know, I actually developed C. diff and Crohn's uh, after treating my multi-drug resistant tuberculosis with heavy duty antibiotics. And I mean, this was, you know, 20 years ago before there were podcasts about probiotic and whatnot. But I really find that every individual is unique. This is where I love stool testing. So we actually have a test we offer in our clinic where you send a stool sample off in the mail and they do a DNA analysis of the bacteria, viruses, and parasites in your gut. And it's super interesting because it'll shift depending, of course, on what you're eating, what you're taking, but you can uh, custom tailor what probiotics somebody needs, uh, what's in balance, what's not. And I have a lot of people who come in. I, I had one client he was almost 50 years old and he had traveled all over the world. Wealthy guy lived on a yacht and he had had IBS for about 20 years. We did the stool tests on him and he had an amoeba. And, you know, we treated his amoeba and like 20 years of IBS symptoms went away. And, you know, he had had tests, you know, conventional labs, but it never showed the parasite. And we did a protocol with some Chinese herbs because, you know, ancient China, they had practice with parasites and stuff like that. And we, of course, used some pharmaceuticals. I think we used peromomycin, which is a classic drug for amoebas that not prescribed very often in the United States, but a lot of people in like, for example, South America know about it. And then afterwards, we did some food antibody testing and cleaned up his gut. 
with some probiotics and avoidance of, you know, his inflammatory triggers. And then about nine months later, he was back to eating a regular diet and could go out, you know, to eat without any symptoms. So, you know, it was life changing for him because he had spent years with bloating, abdominal pain, episodes of running to the bathroom and whatnot. But it was very interesting to layer in all these things to his treatment. Are there new modalities or things that you're looking at, you know, to help people with? I don't know if you keep an eye on latest and greatest. I get bored easily and I'm always studying something. So the newest thing that I've added to my practice is we started doing this test from Switzerland that's called RGCC. And it's, uh, we're seeing a lot of cancer in our practice. And personally, I've had cancer three times. I've had a early breast cancer and early colorectal cancer. And then I had a, a stage four thyroid cancer. How did you help yourself through all those? So I did a lot of vitamin IV therapy. I mean, I did conventional treatment with surgery to remove the cancer. I did radioactive iodine to treat the thyroid cancer. But I did a ton of IV therapies with vitamins at very high amounts and did a lot of stuff to help modulate my immune system so that my immune system could fight the cancer. I actually had a huge toxic exposure when I was younger. Before I went to medical school, I was getting my PhD and I was working in what's called microbial bioremediation. So we would use microbes to clean up toxic waste sites. And I worked daily in a lab with a bunch of very toxic heavy metals because we would take soil samples, you know, from waste sites that were contaminated with heavy metals. And I worked with uranium on a daily basis for about two to three years, which is really bad for your health, you know, all the exposure to both heavy metals. And personally, when I look at my heavy metal toxic profile, I have one of the worst heavy metal profiles I've ever seen in any patients. And we, we run these, you know, every week. Can't you chelate them out or what? You know, you can't. So certain people tolerate chelation. Other people actually develop immune reactivity to metals. So for example, you know, a lot of women, if they wear like costume jewelry, like nickel earrings, they'll get a little allergic reaction. Or men, if they wear a belt that's nickel, they'll get like a rash on their abdomen. That's actually an IgE, true allergy reaction to nickel. Imagine if you have immune reactivity to nickel that's embedded in your bone marrow in your body. So if you start pulling it out, you can actually develop immune reactivity. So for example, me personally, I undergo chelation and I've attempted it a couple times. I developed Guillain-Barre, which is an autoimmune reaction of the nerves and I can't walk. So I don't tolerate chelation. So I personally for myself, and we chelate patients all the time in our office, if they tolerated and if it's the right thing for them to do. But for someone like myself who has immune reactivity and sensitivity, the best way to treat that is a very slow and slow detox where you slowly pull the metals out. What if you combine like a very slow uh, dialysis with chelation? You know, I don't know if there's any ones that act within, you know, minutes or an hour. You did that and you did sort of a dialysis on yourself or like a, a you know, the blood came out of you and was filtered and put back in because then it wouldn't have enough residence time to sicken you. Yeah. So we actually have an ozone dialysis machine here. We have an EBU machine in our office and we and we bought it to treat me, but I don't tolerate the EBU. But I use it for chronic infections and it helped clear my infection, but I haven't been able to use it for myself. But going back to the question you asked me, previously, which was like, what new things am I adding in? So we're adding in this RGCC test for cancer that's from Switzerland. And it's 
so interesting because what it looks at is circulating tumor cells in the bloodstream, and then they take the circulating cancer cells and they will expose them to various types of chemotherapy. So they'll put them in a, a dish and give them one dose of a certain medication every day for six days. And then you can custom tailor what works for your particular cancer. And you can send this again in three months after three months of treatment. And the other beautiful thing about this is they also look at natural substances like vitamin C or resveratrol or what whatever. So you can layer in natural substances in addition to you know, chemotherapeutic. This is the newest thing we've added into our practice recently is the RGCC test. It's fascinating, cutting edge stuff. When you use it, how much better does it work versus traditional chemo? So it's totally different because what this allows you to do is, let's say somebody had cancer five years ago and they're concerned about a recurrent, you can detect micrometastases in the bloodstream before anything will show up like on a PET scan before they actually have a solid mass. Oh, that's good. It's very interesting. And, you know, the earlier you catch something, the easier it is to treat. And so you can treat the micrometastases before they become a problem. Do you use, I guess, the blood ozon ozonation machine? And with that, you know, if you find them in the blood, I guess they're more amenable to kind of treatments. So do you couple those together to treat somebody? Definitely. There's good evidence that blood ozonation, both major autohemotherapy and either one, the ozone dialysis, has good effects in people with cancer. Part of what it does is, you know, the ozone is O3, so it helps just activate your immune system and target helps your immune system just attack those cancer cells and identify them. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Any other therapies that are new that you're applying and using? So we, my husband and I both got trained in peptides in this past year. And peptides are very interesting. They're essentially signaling molecules that can cross into the nucleus of the cell and help to modulate DNA expression. And so there's a variety of peptides that we use in our clinic. For example, there's one that's called BPC-157, which is a peptide that occurs naturally in mammals, and it, it it's made in gastric tissue, so in the stomach. And BPC stands for body protection compound. And there's a lot of scientific studies that show that it helps with wound healing. So what we'll do is we'll take the BPC-157 and inject it into acupuncture points if somebody's had an athletic injury or chronic pain. And I see them get pain relief much quicker than you know, with something like a steroid injection or with just regular acupuncture. So, you know, layering in the peptide with the acupuncture points and the injections is really interesting work. Have you ever tried to do acupuncture at the site of a biopsy or an injection to see if it, uh, you know, speeds the healing? So I have done work after surgery, but I usually wait until the surgical scar is healed. So there is acupuncture to treat scars and to reduce scars, but I kind of feel like your body needs time to just develop the scar tissue. So usually if somebody's, when I was in medical school, they told us that after surgery, it takes six to eight weeks to truly form scar tissue and heal. So I kind of leave the surgical site alone for the first six to eight weeks. And I'll just do peripheral stuff or, you know, release muscles around. But the acupuncture can definitely help to release pain. 
I don't like to actually needle biopsy sites because there is a theoretical risk that if somebody has cancer there, you could cause it to spread. When somebody has cancer, I'm more working on their immune system to fight it or side effects of chemotherapy. For example, acupuncture can help if somebody's nauseous after chemotherapy. It also will. There's a lot of studies that show, for example, that certain points, certain acupuncture points will raise white blood cell counts. So I had one patient they were receiving chemotherapy and they were having trouble making it through their their actual chemo regimen because they were having such low white blood cell counts and low platelet counts that the doctor would say, no more chemo, but they needed the chemo to actually fight the cancer. So we started doing acupuncture for, and this is a medical condition that can actually be called like aplastic anemia. And it can be very serious because your immune system stops functioning and then you're susceptible to infections. We all know that there's a lot of infections in hospitals that are, you know, drug resistant and stuff like that. So, you know, here you are immune deficient going in for your chemo and then exposed to infections in hospitals. So this is something that's a common scenario in every hospital. But there's acupuncture points that actually help raise white blood cells, help stimulate your bone marrow to make platelets and white blood cells and help to modulate the side effects of chemotherapy, such as hair loss and nausea and diarrhea. And next thing you know, people can make it through their treatment and get effective cancer treatment from the conventional therapy because the alternative helps it work. Okay. In regards to the antibiotic protocol that I made up, have you ever tried to use, sorry, acupuncture when someone's on a course of antibiotics, you know, before, during, or after, does it have any effect? Yeah, if the patient is interested, you know, and basically at our clinic, the reason why we call ourselves comprehensive wellness centers, we try to present a lot of options. And I think a lot of what I do with patients is options counseling. I'm like, okay, you have this problem. Here's the eight different things we can offer you. And, you know, which ones would you like? And a lot of times they'll pick two or three. So a lot of people don't like acupuncture because they're afraid of needles. And I never pressure anybody, but we have a lot of patients who will come once to twice a week for acupuncture while they're on a line protocol to help them get through the protocol, just like somebody coming for acupuncture to help them get through cancer. And I think what's unique about my practice is I truly try to blend my background in conventional medicine with acupuncture. So I'm treating a lot of conditions that other acupuncturists are not comfortable with, you know. And this is what's so interesting and unique about our practice is the layering that we do of both conventional and holistic. Because a lot of times when you go to, you know, what called holistic health, it's not really truly integrative. Like the doctor will be down the hall and they kind of have no idea what the acupuncturist is doing. But since my husband and I are actually trained in many, many modalities ourselves, we're, we're the main practitioners doing all these different things rather than you know, separate different departments. Well, there's not much communication. You know, you go GP, they send you to a specialist, and they're like, oh, what does specialist say? But there's no real communication where they talk to each other and work on you together, you know, at least collaborate their notes. And I can see in your clinic, yeah, that would be very different, and it would work better. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, anybody's malintended or doing a bad job. I think part of it is there's not enough time in the day. And a lot of a lot of people are burned out. And, you know, one of the beauties of our practice is I don't have to fill out forms so that insurance can cover you because we don't take insurance. So because a lot of doctors, their hands are tied and it's not like they're not 
good people and not helpful or doing the wrong thing. They're, they're doing the appropriate treatment, but they're burned out. And so to layer in another aspect that a patient might need to have successful treatment, it's just limited if you're in a, a university setting or, you know, a practice that is taking insurance. So Okay. Well, very good. Where can you help people? Just in your local area? Do you do telemedicine? Like, you know, for listeners that are interested, Pete, where and how can you help? Them? Yeah. So we have a website and the website is super simple. It's www.miamibeachcwc, as in com. And we do do telemedicine. I can do a video consult. I always am very honest with people and I tell them it's extremely limited what I can do if you're far away. However, you know, I have a patient, she's in Canada and we do telemedicine probably every three months. And she's been my client for years and she says I've helped her in ways that other doctors haven't. So, but you know, I get the best results if somebody can actually come in and I can do a physical exam and actual, you know, treatments in clinic. So I'm always very honest about that. But there's a lot of stuff we can help from far away. Oh, that's excellent. So the best place people go is the website. Any other resources for listeners that need help? If you are concerned with Lyme, there's a great website. It's called ILADS, which is the International Lyme and Associated Diseases Society. There, And you can find a Lyme literate doctor near you. I like ICI, which is the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness. So they deal with things like heavy metal toxicity and mold toxicity. And all of these places have practitioners, websites where you can find a practitioner you know, through their search buttons on the website. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for the work that you do, no, yeah. the modality. That's great. Yeah, it was an honor to chat with you about my work and I wish you a happy holiday and prosperous 2024. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.